Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Hello and welcome to another wonderful episode of Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I am Nathaniel Costia and it's a wonderful joy for me to bring you a beautiful story, this time from David Rossiter. Uh, I've journeyed with David for quite some time now, on and off, and I've known this wonderful man of God to be very much in tune with what God is doing. Not only with what God is doing in the world today, but also in our minds, in our thoughts. He's an author, he's a pastor, he's a, uh, an engineer, he's a dad, he's also a grandfather, and he loves life, he loves God, he loves the people around him. And uh, we've had him around us, and it's just beautiful to have him tonight here at Kingdom Stories. David, welcome to our Kingdom Stories. Thank you. We just uh, love the way you are in tune with life. And I think the Lord, the fact that He's taken you through such a challenging journey through life, has brought you to bless so many people, especially in your book, you know, you. What's on Your Mind, which is a book that has to do so much about the thought patterns and uh, it's so much needed. You know, when you preach in our church and when we pass those books to the people, they were so eager to read them. And uh, I think most of the people in our church have already read your book and it has helped them so much in their mindsets. It's interesting because mindset is so powerful. And uh, to, to have you at Kingdom Stories, it's an honor for us. So thank you for accepting to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I find it interesting that the book is on it's a spiritual concept. Yes. But uh, as, a, as an engineer, uh, very rational thinking. Sure. And the book is like anti-rational. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you went against your own. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like God to get you to teach on something that, um, that it's not natural for you. You have to dig into the word yeah. because it's not the way you think. Normally, as a as you're not wired that way. You're stretched. Correct. Yeah, but I don't think we are wired anyway. (laughs) We are in a sense, but then we shouldn't limit ourselves, should we? I think the Bible says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) We're not wired that way. No, No, you're right. So, David, where did it all begin uh, for you? Where 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 were you born? Uh, Born in Perth. uh, In Perth. Raised in in uh, South Perth. Okay, beautiful place. Uh, school there. Uh, went to WA University. Okay, you WA. You did engineering. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, what was it like growing up? This was in the seventies or in the sixties? Um, Late sixties. Sixties. In the seventies, I was uh, into into uni by then. So, okay. Uh, You're giving 60s. away a bit of your age, but you should. Yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, I was raised in a righteous household which is interesting my grandfather was very very well respected as a, as a Vic, victoria park councilman yes and there's two or three places uh, in vic park that carry his name wow there's a big park and there's a, there's a aged people's center a youth center okay um what is it called harold rossiter park wow in the harold rossiter center and um that's beautiful he started 
first home delivery grocery store in Western Australia. Okay. In Men Street, South Perth. Okay. And so we used to go and sit, when we were little kids, we would go and uh, sit in the back of the store and yes. just watch business carry on. Wow, so he was a businessman, a councilman, yeah. and an influencer in society. And, uh, very, very, I think one of the worst things that happened in my childhood was I, I did something wrong. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was supposed to go straight from my uh, hockey training home and I diverted and went and visited a girl. Wow. But it turned out the girl's parents knew my grandfather. Yeah. And just innocently, they got talking one day and said, oh, David comes over. And, and so my grandfather said to my father, hey, I met so-and-so and it's a story. And, and he said, he shouldn't be doing that. You know, the parents thought yes. I was going straight home. And, yeah. And, um, and so they said the worst thing they could have said, he said, you really disappointed your grandfather. Wow. stayed with you so it was it was the the standard that he held um, that we wanted to live up to yeah and so we were raised in that righteous not not works but you've got to be honorable and you've got to be right you've got to be upright yeah and uh, yeah so so the bar was set quite high um, well we were, they weren't born again unfortunately they weren't no yet they had such they, powerful they values. This, yeah. we, we were sent to Anglican uh, church. When I say sent, our parents stayed yes. home and we walked to church Okay. from a young age. Um, so every Sunday we were sent to church and they yeah. stayed home. Oh. Well, it's interesting. Now you, you try and drag your children to church and they don't want to go. It was the other way back then. Um, well, I'd have to disagree with that. Our kids were raised to love church, so yeah, they were born in church, and then they now they run their own churches, and they they so they just love. That's it. beautiful. So, yeah. um, I I didn't want to have children because I was one of three, mm-hmm. and uh, my siblings both went wild. They just ran off the rails. They just. Um, and I turned out okay. And <laughs> <laughs> Modestly, um, but my engineering brain. I think. Hang on, one out of three, all raised in the same household. That are bad odds. Yes. I don't want to have children because they've got no control how they're going to turn out. We were all raised the same. And then you had how many? Uh, I had four. <laughs> and what happened was I got born again. Uh, I discovered the word gave you instructions on how to raise your children. When, when was this? When did you get born again? Um, just before I got married, about 1976. So you finished university yeah. and you started working as an engineer. Yeah. And when did you meet your wife? Um, 71, 72, 73. About 73. Where did you meet her? Um, we were going, we had rode motorbikes and we were going to um, pick up a couple of girls um, from the homes that. I didn't know, but my friends knew, and yes, and uh, just and we were going to go for a ride. So there was four of us on bikes. Yes, and went and picked up two girls, and and so th- there was a girl and her sister. Well, the the older girl was a was a girlfriend of the 
Yeah. And the other one was just coming along for the ride, so she jumped on my, my motorbike. Okay. And um, sort of progressed from there. Okay. So you got married? Yes. Um, did you get married in church or in a public place? Or? Uh, yes, no, married in church. Um, in fact, the family, uh, I got born again because of that family, because they, they were raised in church. Her family? Her family. What was uh, her name? That that What's up. your wife's name? Um, I'm actually married twice. Okay, so what was her name? Uh, Donna. Donna, her name. okay. And uh, they, just their family relationship taught me about the love of God. So they, they were Christian, they were born again Christian. They were born again Christian, they believed in miracles, they, they had dynamic miracles. When my, yeah. my wife was nine, she fell over and her elbow, her forearm, broke the elbow and it came out. Yes. And um, one week later, there was no sign of the break. They, they went into, they set it in a rough cast. Yes. And they, they said, we have to set it under surgery next yep. week. Yep. Bring yep. It. They x-rayed the arm ready for surgery. The, the doctor came in and said, oh, you've x-rayed the wrong arm. <laughs> no, 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 you've got the right arm. Well, you've x-rayed the wrong girl. Yeah. And said, no, no, this sound, look, it's fine. It's just perfectly well. So, wow. And they had those miracles growing up. They just believed God. Wow, that's powerful. And um, so you, your um, wife, she came from a Christian background. Did her parents agree of the marriage? Yes. Even though you weren't a Christian? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, I was born again before I got married. Oh, okay, okay. And it was interesting that they actually, they left me alone. They, they didn't preach at me, they yeah. just lived their life. Yeah. And um, I um, I think I was given an ultimatum, but I didn't know it. Uh, yes. Because the detail of it is that my girlfriend broke off with me. Okay. Um, at a church camp. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I discovered that I wanted God more than the relationship. Uh-huh. So I went to the, uh, they had a little bush altar, and I went to the altar and um, by myself. Yes. And um, sort of hurting because of the breakup, but yep. nevertheless, with what I'd seen of their life with God, I wanted God. Yeah. And um, I committed my life to God. Wow. So it was during a downtime, in, in a way, emotionally. Yes. Yeah. But your love for God was greater. Yeah, I, I, I almost can't remember feeling down, but yes. I knew that that's why I was there. Yeah. And, um, and I said, God, I, I really don't care what happens. I just want to follow you. Wow. So it was a, a true conversion, a radical conversion. Yeah. And the interesting thing is they actually didn't, the family didn't actually really know the Bible to preach chapter and verse. Yeah. They didn't, write, didn't know that Roman road and all yeah. that stuff that we get practiced. And so they never preached at me to get saved or they just lived in loving God. Okay. And I wanted that. So then obviously uh, once you accepted Jesus, there was a lot of joy around and uh, the relationship was mended. and Within a, about a day. So. Beautiful. Yeah, so it was good. So then you got married and you were working as an engineer in Perth. You got a job. Um, I got a job and um, 
was uh, when we had our first child. What was Donna doing? Um, she she was working uh, in retail mm-hmm. when we got married. Yeah. And um, soon after we got married, I think about a year or so, eighteen months, she got pregnant, had our first child, and my um, people I was working for uh, sent me to Singapore. Okay. And it was supposed to be fly in, fly out sort of thing. And I said, look, if you can guarantee me like two months' work at least, I'll bring my wife with me. We'll sure. stay there. Yeah. And they said, oh, that's a good idea. So we stayed there. So, yeah. that's so nice. we got introduced to international travel for the first time. Ever. Yeah. Fell in love with Singapore. Great. It was great. And you did that for a while in Singapore, between Singapore uh, and uh, Perth? Uh, I think about four months. Uh, unfortunately, after, unfortunately for my wife and little baby, um, the Singapore office sent me to the Philippines oh. for 12 weeks. And on your own? Uh, on my own, in the jungles, doing yeah. some doing work up there. Yeah. And so the one that was alone was my wife in Singapore. Yeah, and she would have had her family back here. So, um, yeah, so that was all a big adventure. That was, yeah. when you're young, it's all fun. So, so when did you begin ministry? Um, I um, changed jobs um, working for an engineering company building a oil rig, uh, yes. the uh, big uh, North Rankin offshore oil platform okay. up, in the, up in the northwest. And we were building that in Geraldton. Mm-hmm. And uh, towards the end of that contract, I woke up one morning and uh, it was like something's wrong. You know, yes. there's, 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 something's gone wrong. But the, the feeling was not something's gone wrong, you've done something wrong. Yeah. And I know exactly what the feeling was. It was like you're sitting for an exam yeah. and you haven't studied yeah. and you're going to flunk. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. <laughs> but that was the feeling. And, and the, on waking, that's exactly how I felt. And I yeah. said, Lord, what's wrong? And it clearly, that's how you'll feel if you don't go to Bible school. So you went to Bible college. So that's it. I just resigned from work. And, we had, time. we had discovered a, a, a word church had started, uh, Rama, it became Rama, it was in the City Faith Fellowship, uh, it started in Perth. Yeah, we were working which in is Jordan, Riverview now. The Riverview Church, yeah. yeah. We were living in Jordan, so okay. we would drive three weekends out of four to Perth. Just for church? Just for church. Wow. Uh, we were working Saturdays, in, yes. and so we would leave after work about four o'clock on Saturday, drive down, we'd stay for the Sunday night service and drive back. And then drive back to be home about four hours. And loved it. And just absolutely fell in love with, with the, the word. kids, with everybody. Uh, we had two kids, so that was everybody it was four of us. Wow. And um, but that's where we heard that So where did you do the Bible college? At Rima? At Rima, yeah. At Rima, okay. So we um, that was nineteen eighty two. And then you began your own ministry, or you, be, you became a pastor in one of the churches. I became a, an associate pastor. The, one of the graduates went to Geraldton to start a church. Okay. Uh, Geraldton, I think it's now still there. For Geraldton Family Church still going. Okay. It started out as Living Word Fellowship. Yes. And um, so it was in the same sort of um, thought pattern as at Rema. Oh, it's exactly the same. In fact. Yeah. We were far enough away from Perth yeah. not to get involved with any politics or anything yeah. that went on in Perth. Yeah. We just got taught the word, this is how it works, this is what you believe you do. it and you And we went far enough away that's all we had was to apply it. This is how it works. Yeah. 
So we did. And, you uh, believed and you achieved. So we did. So we had uh, we had one person that uh, was raised from the dead. Wow. Uh, we had um, uh, just amazing. We had one service. This everybody was just worshiping God, and this guy got this strange look on his face, really weird. He's coming down the front, and he just sniffs the flowers. And we're all looking. Do we cast the devil out, or what do we do? <laughs> and. Um, and it turns out that he lost his sense of smell about 30 years earlier. Wow. And, and it suddenly came back into service. Without anyone praying for him. It's yeah, just, no one prayed. Just, just presence. Yeah. Oh, wonderful in the worship. We had another family that uh, we were teaching on tithing. And this guy came up. This is one of my favorite stories. And he said, you know, if you, if you pay your tithes, they're devourer. It's rebuked, the Bible says. And he came up and said, oh, I've retired. Yes. I've been retired 10 years. Yeah. I said, yeah. How is God going to increase my income? I said, I don't know. Just yeah. start tithing and find out. So he started tithing on his pension income that he was getting yeah. uh, from his super fund. And after about six months, he, he uh, came and showed me. He said, look, look at this, look at this. The super's said, gone up. Uh, they'd done an audit on his fund. Yes. Found out they'd been underpaying him by, by thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and sent wow. him a lump sum check for about 40 grand. Wow. Yeah. Blew him away. Yeah, he just blew everybody away. Got economics, eh? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you, know, were, uh, you were full-time associate pastor, so you were paid by the church, or were you uh, doing no, that as a volunteer? I was, uh, I went as a volunteer. God said to go. Yes. And so I just went. And... Uh, the uh, the pastor made it clear, brand new church can't yeah. pay you. Yeah. And again, because of the not because of the book, but the you'll understand the context of the book, uh, what's on your mind. Yeah. The pastor came from a poor farming background. Yeah. And he had a certain level of expectation. I came from an engineering background yeah. with income. And I had a level of expectation. <laughs> a bit different. He had two children. Two girls. I had two girls. Yeah. We lived just around the corner from each other. Yeah. And we're both in the same church and both preaching and believing God. So he's believing for his income family <clears throat> and I'm believing for mine. Yeah. And he kept telling me, you've got to get a job. You've got to get a job. You've got to... And I said, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm believing God. Ultimately, I ended up getting a job uh, just because he insisted uh, yeah. filling shelves at Coles, which is where he was also was working. Oh, so everything was exactly the same. But still believing God and confessing for your income and not yeah. knowing where it was going to come from. At the end of the year, we got talking yes. and we compared notes. Yeah. And he's, uh, I won't say the figures, but he was believing for this income yes. and he got it. Yeah. And we were believing for my income, which was double his income and I got it. Yeah. So being in the same place in the same church same streets same same, same streets just different same, faith same, so everything everything's the same just different faith and uh, different target we hit the target we were aiming for let's put it that way yeah. we hit both of us hit the target we were aiming for and um, and you had uh, your children then you had four children by now oh, no I had two two I had two so they, they came later we moved back to Perth yep my my wife's father had started a church. He also went to Bible school. Same okay. Went to Raymond. Yep. He started a church just up the road. Okay. There used to be a roller drone up here. Okay. And um, so he um, he started a church. So we moved down from Geraldton and uh, became his associate pastor. 
Wonderful. And um, we were there till um, the end. And uh, so I only know Belinda out of your children. Was she one of the older kids or the younger kids? She's the oldest. She's the, she's the oldest. Yeah. No wonder uh, she's so strong. We had her for a ladies' meeting. She was speaking here and she's just tremendous. And every time she shares, uh, this, she carries so much anointing and power. She's, she's awesome. She's yeah. beautiful. And together with Mark Godfrey, I think mm. they're a beautiful couple and their children. And yeah, um, whatever you've done there, you've done really well. And... Uh, I think you read the book, because yeah. you know? initially you were afraid of having kids, but you've read the book and you've done a good job well, on, on the it, kids. It really was, they, they taught that the Bible teaches you how to raise children. Absolutely. And so, great, we'll do it. Yeah. We'll do exactly what the Bible says, and, and we did. And um, uh, it, this is not about raising children, but the Bible says a whole lot more than, than paddling. Sure. And, and spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah. But, you know, it says a whole lot more than that. Yeah. Um, just just one example that, that we had two boys and as boys are they sometimes fight and wrestle and they go beyond play yeah and I just experimented one day I was watching them about on the other side of the room and they started to get a little bit boisterous but instead of yelling at them just under my breath in the kitchen I said devil in Jesus name you leave those kids alone you get out of the house yeah they just changed just like that <laughs> They became nice to each other. They stopped the aggression. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was like, what's the devil doing in my house? Yeah. But um, yeah, so we we really grew in understanding how to raise them, and we, and we raised them. Um, actually, my goal in raising my children was to like them when they grew up. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to have a relationship with my kids as adults. Yeah. And that was my goal. So. Bible said if you raise them in the way that they should go when yeah. they get old they won't depart so I love my kids now that they, they they're live, still close to you live within 10 minutes of all of them except oh, for one who lives in Tom Price naturally so, you can't yeah so. and then you had a really dark chapter of life um, what happened there yes um, we had an unfortunate uh, incident um, my wife uh, well, we, we got divorced. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't something we grew into or anything. It just suddenly something happened one day, and uh, without going into the details, we got divorced, um, and it was uh, there was lots of rumours and gossip and that flying around. And um, the only way that I could handle it was to to protect my wife from yeah. Um, uh, in the sense that I couldn't, I couldn't uh, counteract the stories that were flying around, and she believed the stories, and so everybody else believed it. So, yes. So I had, to, I couldn't fight it because by fighting it, I had to make her wrong, and she, she had become fragile, mm. and uh, so I just had to trust that um, love never fails. That's yeah. what, that's what I stood on, and um, somebody uh, gave me a. Um, bottle of scotch for Christmas <laughs> and um, by there was I was living by myself yeah um, and by New Year's Eve it, it was it's gone yeah and I couldn't remember drinking it no and I made the decision right then that I would never drink when I was down yes I had to be happy to drink I wasn't going to drink cause yeah I, 
and and I think that was a, the right thing to do. And even today, if I'm feeling like I've had a really hard day, I won't have a drink. I, just, yeah. I don't drink to get up. Mm. I'm going to be up to have a drink. So. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I just prayed and and um, looked to God to try to recover, not because I was a hero or anything, but because I didn't know anything else to do. Now you were a pastor and obviously there's a stigma attached to being divorced and people uh, crucify you over and over again because of this. Uh, did you carry on ministry? What, what had it effect? Um, I handed the church over to the associate pastor in yes. the church, and just lock, stock and barrel, mm-hmm. and um, basically became a hermit. Uh, my my mind had uh, been affected mentally trying to battle for what I knew to be right. Yes. What I believed was right, um, and yet the, the divorce still went ahead and, um, and it shattered me. And um, and so I was mentally broken for a while. And Did you have some support? Any pastors, any, any close colleagues or in the network? Was there any support in the denomination or in the network you were? It's an interesting question. Hold your hand <coughs> I, from the very beginning, to have your back. From the very beginning, I put myself wholly into the hands of two or three people that I trusted. Yes, uh, ministers and and one friend. But they were all affected by the same gossip, and so they their support was to try to get me to repent of things that I wasn't doing, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that made it worse for my wife and no support for me. And that's where the mental cracking came from. It just, just broke. Because the, the thing that I was leaning on. Yeah. Um, in fact, this, this is the nature of the, of the, of the approach. You said, listen, there's rumors going around that I want to have an affair. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have an affair and I'm telling you now and I'm putting my trust in you to yeah. help me navigate through this. Yes. Well, they believe like everybody else. They wanted to have an affair, so they try so to get. They try to make you repent from wanting to. I had uh, so the brainwashing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was thrown up against the car with a hand around my throat uh, by one of these support people trying to get me to repent. So, oh, uh, it was um, it was difficult. So I became a bit of a hermit. very zealous, very zealous. <laughs> so um, the turning point came when somebody from. Uh, Riverview, the pastor of Riverview, Phil Baker. Yes, I remember Phil. He he uh, organised a for me to see a Baptist minister. Yes, God bless the Baptists. Amen. And I thought I was, I, I was like if 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 hundred if hundred if one hundred is like guilty, I was like ninety five. Uh, I, I had to be. I couldn't see any way that I was starting to believe all these stories. Yeah. So I went to this Baptist minister who didn't know me from Adam. And uh, talked to him, and and the stuff that he uncovered, and and just talking through yeah, stuff, process it, it staggered me, and I, all of a sudden I had a he had the patience to oh <coughs> it didn't God. take long he had insight that yeah. was it was it had to be God because he had more of the Holy Spirit than a lot of Pentecostals absolutely <laughs> I mean I was wiped out by the Pentecostals <laughs> but uh, I just praise God for that intervention with Phil um, and. Uh, the, uh, the Baptist minister, I think, really just gave me a, a foundation to stand on and go forward, believing the right things, so, or yeah. believing good things. Yeah. So, yeah. 
What was the turning point for you out of that really low point? Was there a Bible passage? Was there a revelation? Was there something? What what made you click, or where was the light bulb? Um, I I don't think it was a light bulb in the sense of suddenly I was well or anything. There was just I was resolved to come out well. Yeah. Because I know my mind was broken. I mean, this is the extent. I wore thongs. Yes. Because I didn't know how to do up my shoelaces. Oh. I and. I didn't know which one to do up first. Yeah. It was too much yeah. of a struggle, and I couldn't do them up so all thongs. So that the block of it was just just it, it couldn't make it as it was dark. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So um, I think um, just persisting uh, with God. I, I didn't. I didn't sort of shut myself away and did pray you medicate? Did you medicate uh, antidepressants or? Um, oh, that reminds me. Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. Um, I had an insurance policy yes. for for income protection, mm-hmm. and um, there is a turning point. And um, I had a income protection policy, and I had three quarters of my wage getting paid, so yes, I was 75%. supported. Yeah, and after about. 11, 12 months, I didn't feel much better at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying to God, I, what's, I want to get better. I'm believing yeah, for yeah. better. You know, what's, what's going on? And he said, you've got to cancel your insurance. You're trusting the income. I had Umbilical to, cord. I had to go for a, a monthly checkup. And they diagnosed me as being depressed. Yes. And I didn't take antidepressants. Because yes. I, I wasn't depressed, I said. I was just broken. Yes. Not depressed. Yeah. So I wouldn't take the antidepressants. And so every month they'd go and talk and they'd say, you're depressed. And uh, extend the cover. And, yes. And they said, and so God said, you have to cancel the insurance because you're depending on the income mm. and not on me. And so I rang up the insurance company and said, I'd like to cancel my policy. You know, that means your benefit will stop. And I said, yes, I know. Uh, I said, it is no benefit to me. I'm not getting better. Yes. And so I need to stop it. Well, I said, well okay. are you sure? You lost your mind? You truly yeah. lost your mind. <laughs> so you're not <laughs> depressed. You have lost your mind. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, that was about December yeah. of whatever year that was at that point. And um, uh, I cancelled insurance and suddenly started to get better. My, wow. My cognitive function sort of started to come back. I, and then I had a, a friend um, offer me a job about four months later. Um, and uh, so I started working again, which was... Dignifying and good. It was, uh, And it was a, a big step because yes. I hadn't been around people for a long time. So you didn't see your family during this time? Your no. children, grandkids? No. no. And uh, were you going to church at all, occasionally? Um, it's actually different. I don't know. I, I really can't remember. So I, where I, were when your I, friends? When I started to recover, I went to, went to Riverview. Yeah. But where were your friends and during this time? Oh, Those they're, close? They're gone. I didn't have any friends. Did you have friends I, I had, before? I had church. I had friends. I had lots of people. They all left. So they all ostracized you? Yeah. That's harsh when you think, you know, uh, the most loving 
organization on earth, the church, to to behave in that way towards a leader. It's it's strange, isn't it? I've got one, um, two... I've got three friends that go back to that time. Yes. Uh, one that I had nothing to do with over that time. It was he was the best man at my wedding. Yeah. And, and so I I didn't had nothing to do with him. So he had nothing to do with any of it. Yeah. So, yep. so he's still a good friend. And two others that um, survived that period in terms of friendship and we're good friends with them today. But um, back then, not a lot. So then, um, and I you you gradually came out, uh, restored your uh, yep. sanity in a sense, yep. began to to be more engaging in the life of your family as well. Did you connect with your kids gradually? Um, two years after the divorce, I got remarried. Okay, and uh, we were how did you work out that ability to trust and love and by talking? Okay. Um, can I just say here that I want to jump around a bit, but one, of the, one of the things that was a fault with our marriage, we had a perfect marriage, I thought. I, yes. I judged it as perfect. Mm. I believed it was perfect. It was just wonderful. The wife was, was beautiful and we never, we never had an argument. Wow. Um, Maybe you should have. And that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Because the first time that I disagreed on anything, I got divorced. Ouch. Yeah, so my advice to my kids out of that was talk, 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 talk. If you've got a problem, talk to your partner, talk to your partner. Don't fight, but talk Talk. in, you know, have intensive... Yeah, open communication. Opinions. And and sometimes be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, But talk. So, um, anyway, so what happened to me was uh, I was talking with this lady and and the more I talked, the closer we got. She listened. She knew how to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we need to become better listeners, don't we? Uh, absolutely. It's uh, I I've done I think three or four funerals in my time, uh, not very many. But each time, there's something about the person that you're honouring. Yes. That people comment on some feature. Yeah. And um, and it's it's a character that they end up proclaiming and extolling so he was just like this yeah uh, one of them was uh, he just laughed all the time he just laughed a lot yeah great. and I thought I want that yeah each one of these funerals I want that yeah one of them was he had pigeons and they he, homing pigeons and he, he used to race them and he'd always win wow and um, and the secret that he was laughing about is he said I won't tell anybody else but you're not in a pigeon so I'll tell you yes he said I put honey in their food yeah. A little bit of honey. He said, yeah. everybody likes something a little bit sweet. Sure. <laughs> and it wasn't the, sh- wasn't the sugar. It was just being nice. The joy, the love. Yeah, the just, yeah just being nice. He said, care. And that was the feature of his funeral was that just a little bit of honey makes life a lot better. Yeah. And um, Well, you know, let me tell you something about, uh, about honey and bees. Uh, they said that Christian leaders, some Christian leaders, are like bees. You know, they've got honey in their mouth. And uh, <laughs> and the needle in their bum, you know, so they'll sting in the tail. <laughs> they'll sting you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So um, coming back to to um, 
what's what's her name? The new lady? Nolene. Nolene? No, Nolene. Nolene. Um, she, had she also been divorced? Was she also yes, broken yes, hearted been. as well? She'd, um, she'd been divorced for many years. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, yeah. Long time. And how, how is your journey at the moment? Oh, well, another perfect marriage. Yeah? Are you arguing now? Um, we talk a lot. <laughs> um, you, you feel that you are different as well, aren't you? Oh, totally different. Uh, the, it's not easy for me to talk. Sure. But uh, she is a talker. She, she, she draws people out. And, um, and we know that it's a lot more healthy. Yeah. And, uh, but it's really funny. The, it, the marriage is so perfect. Yeah. Um, I have to say that it, it's a it's a it's a solution to a problem. Yeah. Uh, it's the second marriage, so we sure. have a problem, and, and this is yeah. the solution. But God's solution is so good; it feels like it's His will. Yeah. You know, almost. It's, yeah. It's like. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's. You had to go through that to get to here. Almost. Well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Uh, but I went through a problem. It's like getting shipwrecked. Yeah. But out of that shipwreck comes something which is changes the world yeah and and um, it wouldn't have happened without that without disaster so god doesn't wreck your ship yeah but somehow that's part of the journey and then, then the solution out of that is perfect so god's solutions often we, we scratch our heads and look at each other and say was it, was it the will of god that this happened that we're now married and whatever it's but it's perfect i mean we've had, we've seen god move in miraculous ways mm. Obviously, God's will is not for divorce, but it does. He does mend lives, and yes. He does restore lives, and He brings people through the most whatever that dark hour is. I, I think restoration. I, I I used to scratch my head at divorced people. Yes, and think, how, how did you get divorced? Yeah. Why, why didn't you just believe God? Yeah, and the compassion in me just went through the roof after yeah. I got divorced. Oh, yeah. So I can understand. I have a lot more compassion. It's, uh, I remember preaching and somebody came to me and said, we have to change how we deal with children's church because there's too many children with single, single mothers, parents, yeah. single parents. And, and I thought, what? Is it such a plague? This yeah. was back in the 80s, is, is yeah. it, uh, late 80s. You know? Is it such a plague of single mothers that we have to now cater for single Yeah, parents? it's like we've got to adjust our sermons now to cater for yeah. this need. But now we're in, you know, 2020. My goodness, we're the single by choice. Yeah, it's one of the most fatherless nations, actually, Australia. It's sad. It's a Let me ask you this, David. Um, now, how do people view your ministry? Obviously, occasionally you still get to share. You've preached in our church. Um, is um, there's is there still uh, a, a you know a holdback? In the hearts of people, in their um, minds. <clears throat> My circle has totally changed, and um, so the people I mix with now are not the people that I yes. used to mix with. And yeah. so, when I'm asked to preach, and that it's it's because of people don't know by history. They don't know. They don't know. Okay. And um, I, I've got to say, as an engineer, you know, if I can backtrack the story a little bit yeah uh, I was up in Geraldton 
and as an associate pastor and uh, I wasn't I was told to go to Geraldton yes but I hadn't been called to preach at that point mm -hmm. and I had been given the Sunday night spot to preach yeah and I was lousy absolutely yeah. lousy I just I was horrible and I didn't know how horrible I was but uh, I got a migraine after my first sermon I know that that was horrible yeah but, but we had a video night every Tuesday and quarter past nine on a Tuesday night the video had finished and I was closing the service which is normal for to do and as I was making the closing remarks God spoke to me and said I've called you to preach wow and he dropped the gift to teach at that point Hallelujah. and it took me 20 minutes to close <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful and uh, the pastor uh, looked after the kids on Tuesday night and he, he came in and, and uh, he said at the end of it he said what happened to you he said, oh sorry it won't happen again I've got no idea what happened <laughs> it won't happen again said, no 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 you're different that's it I said, want this to happen awesome. all the time yeah, that was awesome that was, yeah. I said well God spoke to me called me to preach so the gift to teach and preach is not me it's, yeah. not a, it's not a natural gift I know that and so whenever I get a invitation to preach it, it has to be God because um, I know I, I can't do it and, yeah. but I also know that it's the grace of God gifting is is a deposit of grace yeah and uh, and so it's not like oh what am I going to do it's uh, God it's got to be your grace because I can't do it yeah and um, and so I when I'm invited to or give the space to preach or anything. It's um, it's a pleasure, and and it's God. It's a, it's a gift that I lean on really hard. So. That's beautiful. Um, I've, I've still love to preach. It still takes me twenty minutes to close. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. David, what would you like to be remembered for? Oh my goodness me, that's a <coughs> that's a big question. I think in, in my heart of hearts I'd, I'd like to be probably a couple of things one be remembered as, as a loving person um, somebody that lifted others up uh, left something in them yeah and I, I think related to that is is the calling on my life to, to teach uh, I'd like that to mean something, to have an effect. To um, and at this stage of my life, I don't know how this can happen, but uh, to to be remembered for the anointing of God would be uh, an honour. I think be, being called to preach is one of the highest callings on the planet. Yeah, and um, it's it's if more people preach by grace rather than by, I don't know, desire or, or, or office or, you know, function, ambition, function, you know, any other reason except the calling and grace of God. Yeah. Um, if, if they would preach by grace instead of uh, any other reason, then, then we'd have a lot, a lot better church. And, and I'd like to be remembered as someone who was called by God. But more, I think, someone who left a deposit. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, what would you do for the next, you know, 30, 40 years? What's, what's your goal? Um, what's in your heart? What's your burning desire? <clears throat> Being in this uh, second half of my life, not because of age, but, you know, before divorce and after divorce, Yeah. God has uh, uh, led me through through business through he told me one day to get a job selling yes and I was full-time pastoring he said get a job selling yeah and uh, through that I discovered that I had a very poor image of myself mm -hmm. and his solution was to teach me about righteousness yeah and the more I understood righteousness the better I became at selling yeah and that stood me in good stead <clears throat> and uh, God has engineered or steered me. Yeah. You know, the Bible says you, you hear a voice behind you, so yeah. this is the way, walk in it. Yeah. And that's how um, I've been steered. Um, about six, seven, seven, eight years ago, I was um, in a very intense job uh, tree lopping. Okay. And I uh, did that for a couple of years, and it was like, yeah. And one day I just felt like God saying, resign, yeah. like now. Yeah. And that was a Tuesday. Thursday I resigned and I'm finished, didn't work yeah. Friday. Sunday I went to church and, and I, I had given up on engineering um, because going to Bible school gets you out of the engineering field and you can... You just don't have the experience or the exposure or the time. You're not in the yeah. field, so you yeah. don't, over the next thirty years you gain nothing. Yeah. So I'm still a young graduate. Yeah. Thirty years later. Yeah. Anyway, Sunday after I resigned from this wonderful job tree lopping, this man walks up to me and said, "I'd like you to come and work for me." Okay. And I said, "Great. What, what what's the story?" And he said, "I have an engineering firm, rail oh. engineering." <laughs> And uh, like he'd come and work for me. I Did said, he know that you were an engineer? Uh, yes, he, he must have. He okay. heard me preach a couple of okay. times. I referred to a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't, never clapped eyes on him. Didn't, yes. didn't know who he was. And uh, and he said, um, God told me to give you a job. To invite you. I said, well, come for an interview. He said, no, start tomorrow morning. Well. So that was my introduction into rail engineering, and that was like seven years ago, and I, I, um, I'm still in it now. I'm filling a niche in Perth, and yeah. I've become a bit of a specialist and a, and a go-to person that in a bit of demand, so it's been really good. So it's a long story, but yeah. God has directed my steps. Yes. And, and we were just having this conversation, my wife and I, just yesterday, about what are we going to do for the next, uh, we weren't thinking 30 or 40, it was like 10 or 15. And the conclusion of that conversation was that all we can do is listen to God. Yeah. And let him be that guide, that step. You're more in tune now to his voice, aren't you? Um, and more likely to be obedient. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've had several miraculous things happen that um, God's just looking after you. you yeah. Know? That's really... If I can go back to the divorce story... Um, we were living, I'd remarried and we were living in a tiny little house and we, the owners wanted to sell the house so we yeah. had to get out. And um, and so 
we were looking at rentals, and, and I hate looking for houses. <laughs> yeah. Horrible rentals available. And my wife ended up kicking me out of the car. I said, no, get out. I'll go look for myself. <laughs> and she said, God started to lead her down this path. She turned yeah. left, turned right, turned left, and actually literally led her driving the car yes. into more and more expensive suburbs. Oh. <clears throat> and finally brought her to a stop at <laughs> a place. And, and my wife loves horses and she yes. looks out it's all these horses in a paddock yeah and and um, so, oh wow this would be awesome love to live here and she turned around there's a police sign, sign. on the house yeah and uh, and so, oh, we couldn't afford to live here <laughs> and um, so she was encouraged you know it fell in the heart that there were two Bring the, the agent, yeah, and she said, "How much is it?" And the agent said, "Just come and look at the house." And, but how much is it? No, just come and look at the house. Yeah. So she she um, rang me up, said, "Bring the kids, come and have a look at the house." So we brought uh, one of our adult children. Yes. And um, went and had a look at the house, and the more I looked at the house, the angrier I got because I loved it. Yeah. And I knew we couldn't afford it. It sure. was just way out of our league. And. Um, so the agent said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, we'll have to talk. Yeah. And she said, okay. And I said, well, how much do you want? She told me. And I said, well, you know, we can't afford to do that, but this is what we can afford, which is yeah. less than half. Oh. Uh, I said, but if we could increase it by X amount of dollars every quarter. Yeah. Um, we'll Gradually bring we'll it work up. up. And um, she said, yeah, that'll be fine. Whoa. <laughs> so we did. And and that's that was this huge house. Yes. And then everybody moved in, and that's where all the restoration happened with their kids. Wow. That was God's plan. It was it was God. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so God. And wow. um, and so things like that, you know, God's got me into rail. God's got us the house, and and that's just been our journey the last three years. Firms. So the next ten or fifteen years is going to be something where. We're not forgotten. Yeah. We're, we're on an adventure. I've got no idea what we're going to yeah. do. And um, it's just, it's exciting. You're on the right track. Uh, it feels like it. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Praise God. Look, I, I love hearing your story and just sharing and being vulnerable here today, David. I think it's beautiful. I think what the Lord has done in your life is just truly amazing and how you've overcome everything. It's it's a um, you know it's a story of His grace. Truly, it, it is God. Um, I wouldn't say that I've overcome everything yet. I was yeah. still soft spots, um, but the grace of God uh, is just. The, the, I think the biggest revelation I've had is that revelation of grace. Um, I've, I've learned about faith. Yeah. And faith at one level can be arrogant or harsh sure and I I don't believe I was arrogant um, but all I had was faith and just believing God it's got to be your faith and it's got to be yes. you know you got to believe God you know yeah and you're pressing in for stuff and and um, I know my, my son drowned in a fish pond and and we'd found him after 10 or 15 minutes and got him up and and I used to spoke authority 
and and not oh. soft, not kind, not gentle. No. It was come back. You know, you're not going. You come back anyway. He revived. Uh, wow, what a miracle! About ten or fifteen minutes, and it was a miracle. And and it was he'd actually advanced in age. He was only about. He's less than twelve months old, but the, the stories from the children's church workers when yes. we put him in was that hey what happened to Adam he's so advanced from yes. last week oh being with Jesus acceleration but um, the, the point is faith is harsh sometimes yeah you? but God led me on a journey and had a revelation of grace yeah where if you believe in grace the Romans chapter 5 says yeah. you use faith to access the grace that yeah. we stand in and the grace is what God wants to do. Yeah. All I've got to do is believe that God wants to do it. Yeah. And and that softens everything up and, and takes the pressure away of faith. Yeah. Of the, it's my faith that has to do that. Yeah. That's no, God's grace that's going to do it. Yeah. Just believe it. And 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 access the grace. God's yeah. done it. Yeah. It's already done. Just just tap into that grace. Believe God. Appropriate but, it. That's right. That's Make right. it yours. God wants to do it more than you want to believe it yeah and um it's it's getting your head around that that changed everything changed everything so today it's yes we're walking by faith but it's really we're walking by grace we yeah we're looking for the grace of god in everything we do and um we're practicing hearing from god by you know when sometimes you think i knew that was going to happen yeah well, I've had an agreement with my wife. I said, if I think something's going to happen, I'll tell you. Yes. If you think something's going to happen, tell so me. That, so that Even if you're wrong. If you're wrong, it doesn't yeah. matter. But if it's not wrong... At least... Then we know, hey, it's God. Yeah, you, 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 you fine-tune it. We are hearing. You, we are yeah, hearing. Yeah, you tune into the right yeah. station. Yeah. Well, my wife, my wife will do it with shopping. She's... I just had to buy all this meat for some reason. Got all these steaks and there's only two of us. What did you buy all that for? Yeah. And and within a day or so we're just a deluge of people come on the house and something had happened. Well I've just got a steak, it was just thrown on the barbie and just Alright, it's good to know. I'll, and, I'll and jump in. The provision is there. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So we're practicing hearing God and walking by grace. Practicing hearing God. That's that's beautiful. Well, how well do you hear God's voice? David has just shared with us how he practices hearing God's voice. And uh, through the lows and through the highs of life, you can fine-tune your ears and your heart to hear God's voice. We thank you so much for joining us in this beautiful story of restoration, story of overcoming, story of victory. And uh, look, whatever you're going through out there, just know that you can tap into the grace of God by faith. So just believe it and make it yours and see miracles happen in your life just in the, as they happen in the life of David. Thank you for watching Kingdom Stories from Down Under. And if this, uh, these testimonies are great and you enjoy them, please share them with others. Share them on your uh, posts. Um, distribute them, you know. Tell others about them. Subscribe to our channels. Uh, leave a review. Give us five stars if you don't mind and just help us get out the word out there so more and more people are blessed by these stories we can't wait to see you next time at kingdom stories from down under thank you for joining us on kingdom stories from down under 
We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours. Thank you.